There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning in on this Wednesday to the podcast. I'm going to deviate slightly from just doing the Messianic Psalms, but I would like to just do what the Lord has given me as far as preaching on the podcast today. I would also like to invite you tonight, it's still our last service, as far as we know, at the Dublin Mills Community Church in Dublin Mills, Pennsylvania. We would love to have you come. Pastor Holler has extended an invitation to many around the area. We've had some visitors, had visitors last night, and we're just looking forward to what God is going to do. And so would you pray for us at least? And if you're in the area here on Wednesday night, you're welcome to come. We'd love to have you visit with us. Next week, we'll begin on Sunday, and I'll be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at the Second Chance Bible Church. And if you'd like to attend those services, please contact them through their website, or you can reach out to us, and we can tell you how to get to the church. Uh, But what a blessing and privilege it is to preach locally. And each of these churches is just under an hour away from us, and so we can stay in our own bed, our own home. And the following week, we'll be at the Shipmansburg Independent Baptist Church, 15 minutes from the house. And again, as an evangelist, you rejoice in things like that. What a blessing it is to be able to preach close to the house and to be able to travel back and forth relatively quickly. And we thank God for Brother Wagner and the folks in Shippensburg. These last several years using us in the ministry there. So pray for the services. Pray for us as we get ready to travel then in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks on the road again. And just the meetings upcoming, eight of the next nine weeks we'll be preaching and just a few little breaks in between of a couple of days. And so pray for strength, pray for this podcast, pray we'll find the time uh, to work on the podcast. I know Brother Dale Morey has sent in a couple of messages uh, to be used in case we're not able to record and we have them on standby. And so we thank the Lord for Brother Dale and his willingness to share that with us. And so we praise the Lord. If anybody else has a message from the Lord. And you feel like God has given you a message and you want to preach and record and send, we'll be glad to take it. When we go to Western New York, there's a couple of men there. They're going to record some messages for us. We'll use them throughout the year, different times. And so we just thank the Lord for God's people, the greatest people on all the earth. And I want to say to you, my friend, that God's people are a holy people. God's people are a separated people. God's people are still a peculiar people, zealous of all good works. There's nothing out of sorts for God's people when it comes to doing good and doing right. And so we thank God for the people of God. We would be in Psalm 96, but I want to look at something else with the Lord's help today. And I've just been kind of pondering this in my heart. And I'm looking at thy word, the word of God. Oh, Lord, thy word. I am afflicted very much quick in me according to thy word. He said in Psalm 119.50, for thy word hath quickened me. He said in Psalm 119.162, I rejoice at thy word. What I want to look at right now, though, is in Psalm 119 and verse 89, when he says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And so the word of God forever has been settled in heaven. 
Now, how, how did God deliver that to us? Well, we talked about that last night in the service, actually, at Dublin Mills. And so I'd like to just share some of those thoughts that the Lord had given us. But thy word is settled in heaven. And so how did God take the word that was settled in heaven and send it to us? Well, he did that by the word of God. He did that by holy men of God that spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. For he said in 1 Peter 1 and 21, For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And then he said in 1 Peter in chapter 1 and verse 10, verse 11, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So he told us that they spake by the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, why he was going to signify the things that were settled forever in heaven. And so the Word of God has never changed. It's never going to change. It's been settled. And he said, thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And so again, the word of God forever settled, but then God took that word that's been settled in heaven, and he spake by holy men of God. They spake by the Spirit of Christ, signifying what things should come, signifying those things that ought to be, signifying that sure word of prophecy. And so we see that God spake to us through the word of God that's forever been settled in heaven. And then God gave it to us to have that understanding of the word of God. Romans chapter 8, he tells us on this wise, and he says in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And so he tells us that word that forever is settled in heaven is that word that has been given to us by the spirit of Christ. And if that spirit dwells in us, we have that witness of God. Then if we have that spirit of Christ, we're his. But if we have not the spirit of Christ, we're none of his. So what does it boil down to? It boils down to the matter that do we have the inward work of God that bears witness with the word of God that God has given to us? And does that word of God bear witness in our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And again, as we look at Scripture, line upon line and precept upon precept, Jesus Christ came to his own in Luke 23, and he spake to them concerning the scriptures, and he spake to them concerning himself in the scriptures. And he said in verse 26 of Luke 24, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And then he see in verse 44, he said to them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets. And then he said this, And in the Psalms concerning me, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. What scriptures is he speaking of? His word that is settled in heaven. 
They did not understand the word of God. They did not understand the words of God. But it was Jesus Christ himself that opened their understanding that they might know these things and might understand these things, that they might see Jesus Christ in the Psalms, in the prophets, in the word of God. John chapter 5 and verse 38. And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath said, him you believe not. Search the scriptures. What scriptures are they? The scriptures he's given us by the Spirit of Christ. Those holy men of God that spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So he commands us. It's not, it's not an option. It's not he's requesting. He commands us to search the scriptures. And it's amazing. People have all these have-nots and do-nots and all these lists of things that they feel like God has commanded them to do. But the one great commandment to love him and to love him is to search him out. If you love someone, you want to know more about them. If you love someone, you want to know all you can about them. Why? Because you want to spend time with them. You want to be personal with them. You want to be close to them. And he said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And so to do that, we search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. And it's interesting that he said this, and they are they which testify of me. You don't have Jesus Christ without the scripture. Anything outside of the scripture, that word of God that's been settled in heaven, anything outside of that is antichrist. It's not Jesus Christ. And people have ethereal visions and people have relative visions and people have uh, things that they consider Jesus Christ. They have movements they consider Jesus Christ. They have experiences. They have dreams. They have unusual and peculiar things happen to them. But it's not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ ministers through the word of God. He speaks to us through the word of God. He speaks to us in the scriptures, which he told us to search. Because again, we think we have eternal life. And my friend, there are some of us that do have eternal life. There are some of you that do have eternal life. But my friend, how many people over the years have I known that had made a profession of faith and said they had eternal life, but the scriptures uncovered revealed what they were, revealed to them their condition, revealed their need of a savior. And they're obligated to search the scriptures. They're commanded to search the scriptures. I had a dear brother who said to me the other night, and I, he may be listening, and I'm not afraid to say this, and I'm not going to use his name. Nobody on here would have a clue who it is except for him. But he said to me, he said, nobody ever told me to look for Jesus Christ in the Psalms. I didn't know I was supposed to look for Jesus Christ in the Psalms. And can I say, my dear brother and others listening, you're not only told to look for him in the Psalms, you're told to look for him in the volume of the book. We see him in the garden. When the word of God told Adam and Eve that the head of the serpent would be bruised by this man. He was speaking of Jesus Christ. And when God appeared to Abraham, he was speaking of his seed in Jesus Christ. When he spoke to Isaac of his seed, he was speaking of Jesus Christ. When he spoke to Jacob, he was speaking of Jesus Christ. When God came and gave Moses the law of God, the law pointed to Jesus Christ. When he gave him the tabernacle, the tabernacle is a picture of so many things in Jesus Christ. The light of the world, the bread of life, the water, the lamb of God, all of those things are pictures of Christ. From the beginning to the end, we see Christ and we are told to search the scriptures. From them ye think ye have eternal life. 
boy, I appreciate that dear brother coming to me. It was that great reminder to me to make sure that in my diligent searching of the scriptures, I'm looking for Jesus Christ. What else matters in the scripture? It's not for intellectual ascent. It's not an intellectual pursuit to God. No, it's finding Christ. It's seeing Christ. It's knowing Christ. It's believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what matters in this life, and therefore we're commanded to search these things out. Why, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he told us that we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That's what Apostle Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 8. We receive that spirit. He said that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, and here's the key, not in words of man's wisdom, teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I've said many times in my ministry, many times even on this podcast, it's the things that God teaches you that stick with you forever. God will use a man. He'll use a man in the pulpit. He's to be apt to teach. We know that. He's to be patient teaching all men. We know that according to the scripture. But it's not in his teaching that God reveals himself. It's through the ministry of the Holy Ghost that God reveals himself. Yet it pleases God through that preaching. It pleases God through that man standing and preaching the word of God. And by the way, good preaching ought to be teaching. Why? Because the Holy Ghost can bear witness of it, and the Holy Ghost can teach us these spiritual things as that man, a mere mortal, in flesh and bone, carnal as I am, maybe worse than I am, I hope that's not the case, but he stands there in the frailty of his flesh and in his natural body, and he stands there and performs a supernatural act which is preaching anointed of God, the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And God has given that to that man of God by his witness and by his testimony, which is in Christ. And as he preaches, the Holy Ghost is teaching us the things that we need to learn in this very podcast. As people are listening to this podcast, the Lord might be teaching a hundred people a hundred different things because it's the things that the Holy Ghost is teaching them. That's God. That's the work of God. That's a miracle of what God can do. And so he's ministering these things. Why? He's comparing spiritual things with spiritual. How does he do that? By the Spirit of Christ. He does that in the word of God. And then his spirit bears witness with our spirit that indeed we are the children of God. And because of that, we see Jesus Christ because the Holy Ghost has revealed him to us through the word of God. But then he said this in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 2, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the natural man is looking for natural things in the preaching. He's looking for an appeal to the intellect. He's looking for things to make him appear wise. He's looking for things that appeal to his mind and to his natural nature, which is his carnal nature his carnal being. He can make application off of stories. He can make application off of illustrations. He can make application, and sometimes it may seem spiritual, but what he cannot do naturally is have the ministry of the Holy Ghost reveal the spiritual things of God to him through the Word of God. So what happens? A man that's in a position, a man that's a teacher, a man that's a preacher, that he's a natural man. He doesn't have the spirit of Christ. What happens? He goes to books. He goes to those of higher learning. He goes to those with great education, and he gleans off of them. And then he presents facts. 
He presents them in an orderly fashion. He presents them where they're palatable to people. And they received heaps of themselves teachers having itching ears. And he goes and he presents them a series of facts. He researches books and stories and illustrations and quotes. And he puts together this tremendous uh, writing piece, this tremendous piece of literature, orally presents it to people, calls it preaching, but it's void of the Holy Ghost. It's dead of the things of God, but yet it appeals to the natural mind. It appeals to the natural intellect. It appeals to human ears, but it's void of a work of God. But spiritual preaching may not have education. It may not have book knowledge. It may not have fancy quotes. It may not have fancy illustrations, but what it has is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost in it. And the Holy Ghost ministers to hearts and speaks to hearts and puts sinners under condemnation and stirs the saints of God and reveals spiritual things to them to help them on their journey. And God reveals himself through the word of God, Spiritually, that's why he commanded us to search the scriptures. Search out the things of God. Find out what God has to say. The natural man has been so prevalent in lives, and natural preaching is so prevalent today that if there is spiritual preaching, people cow down and they fear it and they tremble at it. Why? Because it doesn't appeal to their nature. It doesn't appeal to their intellect. They'll get uncomfortable with it. They'll get bullied by it. They'll feel like there's no love in it. They'll feel like it's not compassionate. Why? Because they don't have the witness of the Holy Ghost of God. And yet when the Holy Ghost is in their life, and that Spirit of Christ identifies the word that the Spirit of Christ has given. Oh, my friend, it'll build that relationship. It'll cause the doubts to flee. It'll stir in your heart where you'll have a manifestation of the holiness of God. And you can bow down before a holy God. And you can say, thank you, Lord God, that I'm your child. You've revealed it to me through the word of God. And that assurance comes and that peace comes by the word of God. Oh, what a joy it is to know Jesus Christ. That natural man can't receive these things. But that spiritual man has the mind of Christ. That spiritual man can see the things of Christ. And my friend, can I say to you, I may not feel like the most spiritual man. As many times I know I'm far from the most spiritual man. As a matter of fact, many times I'm probably the least spiritual person in the congregation. I'm the least spiritual person in the house of God. It could be I'm the least spiritual person in the United States. I don't think the world, but pretty close. There's times I feel like I'm not at all spiritual, but the Holy Ghost will use the word of God in spite of me. The Holy Ghost will use the word of God without me. The Holy Ghost will use the word of God, not with my intellect, not with my speaking abilities, not with my natural affections. No, he'll use the word of God and he'll use it through me and he'll convict sinners and stir the saints of God and he'll teach spiritual things to spiritual people and he'll condemn the ungodly. Why? Because that's his ministry through the word of God that's been settled forever in heaven. That's the marvelous work of God and the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Check back in tomorrow. We should be continuing in Psalm 96. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting.
You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.